Hello and welcome to the Vicar's Watch Dibley. The podcast where three priests link our stories with those of Reverend Geraldine Granger and other TV vicars. I'm Kate. I'm Jenny. And I'm Ruthie. This episode we're going to be talking about question time and the real politics that are going on today. April Fools! <laughs> no, we're not. We're going to talk about humour and comedy and how does that all tie in with the role of a reverend and how does it tie in with the Bible as well? ladies on this beautiful sunshiny day it's a delight to be recording this podcast with you again hello hello yes it's really lovely to be recording we've had a little bit of a short break for various reasons so it's really lovely to see your faces and hear your voices oh that's because we're cute. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Ruby, you're running our cv like this week and you've just taken a photo of us and we yeah, have, and that's one reason why we are all looking extremely cute today. Not that we don't normally. I always look cute, you do. even when I look haggard. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not true. Um, but yeah, so it's been um, a really, a really great time so far. How about you, Jenny? What have you been up to this week? Very good question. So we are in the throes of Lent. So I've been busy kind of, we're doing a special sermon series. I might, I don't think I have mentioned actually, on generosity, giving, sacrifice and serving. So my life at the moment is, um, yeah, just kind of thinking about that. We've had some um, new like giving packs that we've given out to everybody to encourage them to think about how they belong to our church. And so, yeah, just meeting up with people, going through those. Uh, we're doing like a Lent group as well, so I've been I've been just wrapped up in the uh, in the joy of Lent. You can't have the joy of Lent, sorry. Just <laughs> wrapped up in in Lent as a whole, I suppose. Oh, that's a good question though. Mm. Can you can you find joy in Lent? Oh, but I quite, do you know I quite like how um, Lectio three six five describes it as like bright sadness, as in it's like a time Ooh. of do you know what I mean? Like reflecting, possibly mourning, repenting, discipline. But it's also, like, hopeful. Like, this isn't the end of the story. There's more to come. There's brightness as well. Quite like that. Mm. Well, that's what, that's, that's, what I've, that's what I've gleaned from it. It might not mean that, but I might have missed something. But I quite like that. This season of bright sadness. How about you, Kate? Well, I have had a really nasty cold the past couple of weeks, which is another reason why we couldn't record, because I sent, <laughs> I sent some voice messages where... I just sound like a Dalek or something because I just can't. Hello, <laughs> I feel quite poorly. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sort of finally on the tail end of it. And the thing about chronic illness is things like a common cold really do hit you back. And my mum was saying so. Mm. My mum um, has uh, come down with COVID um, this past week, oh, no. but it's been really mild. And she was saying to me, "I've been sicker," and she's been more worried about me with just a common cold than um Aww. her with covid but um it's just unpredictable in that way mm. Mm. yeah so as we go further into our podcast then it's time for me to invite kate to sit in the seat of focus today as uh, we have some good stuff and maybe some not so good stuff because i think kate you're going to offer us uh, this week both i'm a vicar and but then later just after to step into the confessional booth this week. Uh, but tell us, you said uh, today that you had something you wanted to share with our listeners. I'm a vicar and... I'm a vicar and... And now this is going to sound like it should be the confessional, but honestly it's not. <laughs> I'm a vicar and I've been really struggling to keep up with my Lent discipline this year. Mm. Um, mm. For the past few Advents and Lents, I've been doing daily drawings um, in response to pieces of scripture. And this year, um, because I've been sick the past two weeks, I've just completely lacked creative energy. And oh. I've now I've sort of caught up with drawings, but I've now got a huge backlog, which I'm just procrastinating posting to social media. So yeah, that's my... Um, I'm a vicar and, which actually though is a good thing because it's realistic, it's real that we're not always able to keep up with disciplines, particularly when life is difficult oh, yeah. and we shouldn't feel guilty mm -hmm. for that. Um, it's okay, no. God always offers a new start. Mm, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've been trying to post a, a, a picture of something that I'm thankful for each day and I've already failed twice <laughs> where I've just missed days and mm-hmm. had to do it because life's really hard at the moment for various different reasons mm-hmm. and trying to keep up with the discipline. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of a discipline is that once it kind of gets into your bones and your mm-hmm. your mindset, then it's easier to do, but at the beginning especially. Mm-hmm. And when things just get thrown in your way... Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. It's hard. I think that's the other thing with the discipline is that they're supposed to be hard as well. And then they're supposed to not come easily, I suppose. And um, yeah, I think the, the well, the, I think one of the greatest gifts of this season is trying something new, maybe giving something up or taking it on and like allowing that to enable you to draw closer to God. And it's funny how sometimes it's not always in the obvious the obvious route that you get that closeness but yeah dear listener if you also are struggling with your lead disciplines then no you are not alone uh, but it's time yeah. now i feel like we need a little uh, theme tune for this part uh, but kate i believe <laughs> it's also time now for you to enter into the confessional as if you haven't done enough repenting today oh, already forgive me mothers for i have gone wrong um in a previous episode we were talking about graveyards and churchyards and I was talking about how the vicar actually only has extended permissions for um, certain things within our churchyard and approving headstones and things like that. And I refer to a person who has the absolute say, the adjudicator, as the commissioner, when actually they are the chancellor. And mm. I can only apologise um, because my brain just doesn't really process the difference and no ma- I was talking to my dad on my phone with my dad and he corrected me in a conversation because I've oh, got something going nice. on where um, the chancellor is involved <laughs> did it just then <laughs> um, and my dad corrected me like five times and it just doesn't process in my brain so yes um, forgive me uh, for that it is the chancellor not the commissioner mm. I believe you are forgiven Thank Amen you. I mean, they're very similar titles, aren't they? And I think that's an easy mistake to make. And, uh, yeah, do not worry about that at all. Uh, I've probably made silly mistakes. And uh, thank you, Bishop Thompson, for uh, correcting your daughter, as you should, as head of the household. (laughs) It's it's almost worse to be corrected when when one father is a bishop. (laughs) Get the smack down from your bishop. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. (laughs) So this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Instead of going through an episode of The Vicar of Dibley, we thought we'd do a bit of a theme. We're trying something different, so let us know what you think about it. Instead, this week, we're going to talk about humour and laughter and comedy and how it all combines, or should it, or does it all combine with Christianity. And we recognise that talking about that is quite complex and there will be really quite different views on this about whether you can laugh at Christianity or not. We're not trying to step on toes. Mm. We're just wanting to explore this topic and see what each of us thinks uh, about all these different things. To begin with, as it's April Fool's Day... Happy April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day. Day. What is the best prank that you've pulled Mm. or... Have you seen a good prank that you're like, that's genius, I'd like to do that? Do you know what I think I'm going to be on this podcast? And that is, you know when Theresa May was asked what's the naughtiest thing she's ever done and she said about running through the wheat fields and everyone was like, (laughs) I feel like I'm the Theresa May of this podcast because I'm I'm like Grinch when it comes to comedy in terms of I don't like pranks. I think pranks are mean. And when I think about them... (laughs) I think about, like, you've been pranked and, like, horrible people, like, accidentally punching other people or making them fall over or laughing them at, in times of, like, hardship or, like, even if they laugh, I'm still like, <laughs> they got pranked. So I feel like I'm going to be the Grinch and the, the Theresa May of the Wheatfields of this podcast. Mm. But, I, but I, Jenny... I, but can I just say, though, absolutely love a well-timed whoopee cushion. Like, a fart is always <laughs> hilarious, and let's not deny it. <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. course but that really surprises me jenny because you are one of the most joy filled laughing people that i know and yeah i kind of get the the 
you wouldn't enjoy humour of someone being pushed over. But I think there's lots of other things that I could just remember you howling with laughter at. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, I believe I pulled a prank on you. Ooh, and Kate, me. you might have been involved in this I too. I can't I remember. <laughs> Do you remember when we filled your bedroom at college with, <laughs> with fruit friends vegetables, and vegetables. <laughs> fruit friends and vegetables? <laughs> that was a prank. That was the yeah. That I yeah. guess it was the best prank of my absolute life. Yes, I well, do we, remember that. That was lovely, actually. Coming home to loads of friends, fruit friends. Yeah. So in in Miranda style, who is wonderful and I love her dearly. Um, it sounds like I know her. I don't really. Um, we decorated a load of fruit and vegetables to have faces and characters and personalities and then just shoved them in your room at college and hoped you'd find them all before they went rotten. <laughs> I think I just about managed. They were, I remember they were very glamorous. They had like massive googly eyes and feather boas. They were like, yeah, glorious. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I did love that. That's true. Um, but I think that's the thing with comedy, isn't it? It's it's uh, when do you laugh at a person? Or it could be like we're thinking about a little bit later, like at Christianity. And when is it really good to, you know, be easygoing, lighthearted and, you know, take the humour? And when is it like cruel or can come across as actually wounding, you know, someone? Do you know what I mean? Or poking fun in a way that's... Um... But yeah, I guess that's a difference, though. I think for me, I draw a very clear distinction between what a good humoured prank is where actually you are laughing with someone because you know this is something they're going to find funny too mm. versus something which is actually a mean-spirited yeah, thing definitely. to do to someone. And I think there is a, quite a big difference. You've talked a lot about pushing people over and, you know, it's sort of pranks people play in primary school like asking you out because they thought you were the most undateable person in the oh, world like but been there that's not a prank that's just <laughs> bullying right yeah. um, whereas a prank Absolutely. is like when you have a shared love of miranda with your friends when one of them's mm. gone away at college fight getting the key to their room and filling their room with fruit friends because you know they're going to love it or prank, something yeah. which is really quite harmless like i think we at college, there was a painting of Thomas Cranmer in the common room because we um, <laughs> because we loved Thomas Cranmer. Well, because we were called Cranmer Hall. Not that uh, sorry, so yeah, that's what I meant. Started um, a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was a painting of Thomas Cranmer in the common room because we went to Cranmer Hall, and those of us who lived there started decorating it and giving him some props. Um, and actually, that was a really interesting case study between people who found it funny and were really enjoying it and just thought it was lighthearted fun. And then mm. some people who found it really actually disrespectful and mm. offensive. Tricky. Um, or there's a difference of, I guess, my biggest pranking times was growing up with siblings all older yeah. than me and having the struggle for sibling dominance i guess i don't know um, my, myself and my brother who's closest in age to me who's um six years older than me uh used to uh we get on really well but he was the one i would try to prank in a very childish way the most like hiding in the laundry basket and jumping out of oh him. that's fun um <laughs> uh but things really but i remember really clearly things backfired once where i put salt in what <gasps> I thought was his drink but then my sister drank it and oh, no. I felt so guilty and I think that's stopped my pranking war with him <laughs> I I think Jenny you might think I'm a mean pranker at times I think there are I no occasions where I overstep the line and I know when it comes to editing this uh my <laughs> other half will pause it and go yes you are mean <laughs> at times because I I <laughs> uh, Toby's quite skittish and uh, can spook easily. Uh, I, I I failed at this recently when they uh, had a really bad day and came home and I thought the way to cheer the situation up was to hide in the dark with party poppers. Oh, so when gosh. they walked through the door, I fired them in a hope that that would cheer the mood. 
I was very quickly informed that that didn't do the job. Um, but I mean, now it's quite funny. But at the time, it was not. Um, I think there's a bit of a trend for me to break into people's houses and do things. So uh, I'm, so, when... I'm sorry, I think someone else is about to enter the confessional booth now. Sorry, Ruth, did you proceed? Um, when Toby went on their priesting retreat, I perhaps had their keys in order that I could look after their apartment while they were away and, and you know, make sure everything was okay just in case anything was needed. <laughs> and my go-to prank involves googly eyes. In fact, right Ooh. here on my desk, as we're recording, I will show you our packets oh, of yeah. googly eyes <laughs> for the microphone. <laughs> the, <laughs> because I I love putting googly eyes on things. And it's become a bit of a thing. And put some googly eyes on your spices and they will look mm. so cute and adorable. That is a top tip. So on this particular occasion, I had... Well, I'd not broken in because I'd used keys. And I put googly eyes um, everywhere. <laughs> like That's amazing. Everywhere. Where I could. <laughs> uh, all the, like, the milk in the fridge had googly <laughs> eyes. The pasta... Uh, various uh, game like boxes where there were characters that were people on. I stuck googly <laughs> eyes over their eyes, and it was a challenge to see how long it would take to to find them. I all. love that. Were they grumpy when they came back, or did they love it? Uh, I think, and this probably needs to get edited out. Uh, I believe were initially grumpy, but then. Saw the funny side of it. Mm. I believe Toby turned around and said, you're such a knob. <laughs> Truth so, spoken in love. Truth spoken in yeah. love. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like, a tweet bear googly eyes is an awesome prank. Yeah. yeah. And, and pranks, I think often, as I've said, there's a difference between pranking and bullying. And actually when a prank goes wrong, you do feel really bad. Oh, and yeah. I, mean, I feel yeah. so guilty of something which I thought was a shared joke. Um suddenly upset someone mm, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's all about intention mm. isn't it like if you're doing it to bring joy then that's something different than doing it to make someone feel horrible mm. or feel embarrassed or whatever it might be definitely yeah. so i hope our listeners today then have picked wise wise pranks <laughs> and loving jokes for their family <laughs> and friends and church family and community <laughs> do not hide in the dark when your spouse comes home and fire party poppers at them. <laughs> Will not go well. Um, what about church? Have you ever pulled a prank, a church-specific prank, or ever been tempted to? I oh, think gosh. we have a mutual friend who, when they were training as a curate, didn't their incumbent go away and they moved loads of stuff around the church? Like, oh. moved where moved where the gospel was or I'm mean, I that's something I always <laughs> joked about wanting to do with my training incumbents when they said oh I'm gonna leave you in charge and I always joked about completely reordering ch- the church I never did it but <laughs> <laughs> um at my last church I had um a bit of an ongoing banter war with the uh wonderful Wendy who was our administrator and um she uh <laughs> she had her office items that she didn't want moved from her office because someone would take them and they'd disappear and never come back. And so with the label maker on various items, I typed, I want to be free, liberate me, <laughs> things like that, and stuck it on different items in her office. Oh, and uh, that was something that continued. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So what about going back on brand to what we do? Um, uh, as a podcast and talking about the Vicar of Dibley and the humour and the funny moments that come from that. What would you say is your favourite funny moment, episode, which one makes you laugh the most? I think the the jumping in the puddle is one of the classic oh, moments, yeah. isn't yeah. it? From trying to impress a, a date by splashing in puddles <laughs> and uh, that going horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> Although later it becomes a great hiding place, doesn't it? 
I know this is skipping oh, ahead. Oh, I love that bit. But yeah. actually, that puddle ends up redeeming itself as the <laughs> yeah. ultimate hiding place <laughs> from uh, the husband-to-be for Geraldine. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. I I love that bit when she just, she stood at the puddle. And, no, when she's walking towards the puddle and remembers it and is like, points down it, like, no, not you, not you again. And then realises she's completely trapped and she needs a place to go and looks down and goes, oh. There's only one way. I've got to. I've got to do it. And launches herself into the so puddle. So good. So good. <laughs> Apparently, they they could only do that in one take, and so she had to absolutely nail jumping oh. into that puddle. Wow! And that she did. I think for me, with when I think about Vicar of Dibley, it's like the one-liners that I I go to, and I'm just like, that's amazing. I know I spoke um, quite openly about one of the episodes we've already covered which i just think is filled with back-to-back like one-liners um not specifically i mean yeah sometimes geraldine but also i think the most there's two standout moments in the vicar of dibley for me when i think of the most hilarious times that i've laughed my head off the first one is jim when he gets out the picture of his dog from his wallet because he thinks there might be a glint <laughs> of the window in his eye that i just that logic oh is is so familiar to me and just absolutely makes me laugh my head off and it's like oh yeah. oh just that's even just thinking about it now that scene mm-hmm. i'm like that is gold but the other one and i know this nearly i think i believe i believe this series this scene nearly got cut but it's when alice can't believe i can't believe it's not butter <laughs> isn't i can't believe it's not butter <laughs> and she thinks there might be more butter lying around than we all think. Like, but for me, those two are my yeah comedy gold moments when I think of Vicar of Dibs. How they got through that scene and kept a straight face <laughs> yeah. with, you know, I can't believe it's not butter. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't believe. And yeah, yeah very yeah, brilliant, definitely. isn't it? What about you, Kate? So I've been thinking about this because I suppose I... Whenever I think of a Vicar of Dibley, I tend to appreciate it more as a whole than necessarily as specific things. Like the, the continuity mm. of the characters being like just continuously funny and the one-liners that you get across episodes. Like It's really difficult to choose a favourite episode because so many of those mm. favourite, most quotable moments are just scattered through the show. Mm. But I suppose um, I really like the Brussels Sprout incident oh, yeah. on the, the multiple Great christmas episode. lunches um, oh that's, yeah and on, honestly this feels like a really basic thing but i really love that first episode um mm. i could just re-watch it and re-watch it because it just hits home for me every time mm. yeah i think one of my favorite bits whole episodes or just scenes is Alice and Hugo's wedding mm. and just Aww. all the bits that yeah. come together and um, Alice's dress and the Teletubbies <laughs> yeah. following her behind yeah. and the archways covered in vegetables mm. that's supposed to be like... Um, oh, what film are they, they... Do they say Saving Private Ryan? That That's the film that they're aiming for. Mm. And then that was uh, Geraldine's They're going to blow wedding, off the bloke's yeah. arm. And... Yeah. Oh, is that Geraldine's yeah. wedding? I think Owen says I'm going to want to shoot it in the style of your favourite film, Saving yeah. Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm missing the wedding. And, like, the bit where... Um, for Hugo analysis, where that woman comes in yeah. to say, "You've got to stop the wedding. Uh, this the the groom's already married, and, don't and let your him heart deny stops." Yeah. and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" And then she just goes, "Oh, sorry, wrong yeah. wedding." <laughs> so good. <laughs> they have to pick Alice up off the floor, and yeah, um, yeah I yeah, I adore that episode, and just a, a romantic. So the 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 episodes with romance, I'm Very I'm always cute. there. For. And what about other TV vicars? Because we do talk about other TV vicars in our intro. So I'm not hedging our bets because there's only a limited number of Vicar of Dibley episodes. <laughs> but um, I think, I mean, I love the Vicar of Dibley. I would have suggested us starting a podcast about the Vicar of Dibley if it wasn't one of my favourite shows of all time. But I've got to admit, I probably laugh, have more laugh out loud moments at Father Ted. Like, there's so yeah. many more moments from Father Ted that just off the top of my head, I can say, like, Dougal pretending to be the TV, um, <laughs> or um, every yeah. time that um, you just have those two sharing a room, which is just yeah. out of my mind, bonkers. Um, yeah. Or whenever the bishops come to visit, and I just... 
<laughs> it's so funny to me. And obviously I'm not Catholic, but there's so many, I find so many similarities. And actually I'll often use, yeah. when I was a curate, I would often use Father Ted as the explanation for what a curate was like. I'd say, well, you know Father Ted? It's like Dougal, except I don't live <laughs> with my training incumbent. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so many quotable bits, yeah. isn't there, from Father Ted? Um, and I I haven't really watched much of it, but um, um, I've been introduced to it a bit more now. And yeah, we should definitely do an episode on it, shouldn't we? Yeah. That'd be great fun to do. I really mm. love Jane Austen. And so Mr. Collins in Pride and Prejudice mm. oh, yeah. is the most cringy, awful <laughs> vicar, but also humour inducing because I know vicars mm. like this who just kind of um, are wanting to rub shoulders with the, the high and mighty mm. in the church and, and uh, uh, you know, they talk about who they know as their patroness, yeah. Lady Catherine de Bourgh. And... <laughs> He's so awful and ugh, and but I, I there's something really mm. funny in that the way that Lizzie is just like heck no I can't believe you'd even make me marry this man. Mm. Um, but then but also yeah. how that character is played by different actors. So obviously the BBC mm. version, um, he is actually repugnant. Like you you dislike yeah. this man. They really play up the disgust that Lizzie feels. But then in yeah. the um, in the movie version, uh, the, in, when it was released with Kira Knightley, um, yeah, he's more buffoonish. And yeah, then in, you have more sympathy with you him, more don't sympathy. you? And then Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, played by Matt Smith, he is is complete yes. comedy. And you, I mean, I don't feel disgust when I see him. I just think, who is this idiot? <laughs> Yeah, so the guy who plays Mr. Collins in the movie version with Kira Knightley, Tom mm. Hollander, he then plays the Rev Adam Smallbone, yes, doesn't he, he does. in Rev? He does. So another amusing vicar. But uh, actually, going on to something that I think we're about to talk about, about other times where it's uncomfortable and should we laugh at mm. vicars, there was an episode in Rev that I found immensely uncomfortable and that was the point that I kind of checked out oh, of watching it that I just thought either this is too close to the bone or I don't mm. like the direction they're taking this and and this is um not that it was a it wasn't offensive it was it more became that this is we're being a bit of a butt of a joke as opposed oh, really? to yeah and it was the bit when um uh, the art guy comes and makes that statue and uh, Adam sees it. He, he's just, spoilers, he's just kissed the teacher and he looks at the statue and thinks that it's him kissing the teacher and so pushes it oh, over to destroy it. Man, yeah. And actually then when you look at it, it isn't, but it's his subconscious coming through. And I I get why they did that and I, I understand it and yes, clergy are very guilty well not very guilty that sounds like we're all having affairs but just as humans everyone there are clergy yeah yeah Yeah. um but that was the point that i just went i can't no yeah i'd forgotten about that part the thing about rev is it is very much based on actual people in that diocese Mm. like so yeah I know someone who knew someone who was involved in a production of Rev. Uh, Same! <laughs> and, you know, and they were saying about how, you know, the Archdeacon is very much based on an Archdeacon. Oh, wow. And I think what... And that's true of a lot of the characters. And I think what makes Rev harder to watch, because I've got to put my hands in the air, I really haven't watched much of Rev at all. And I think the reason I find Rev really difficult because it falls more into the... has been a particular period of more kind of cringe comedy, a more kind of... based in a more grim reality. Um, Yeah. And I find that a really difficult type of comedy to watch. And I think there's just something about it touching a bit too close to the bone or trying to be too realistic which yeah for me makes it really hard to watch but does that mean that it's bad i think it's just not for me everyone has different yeah. types of humor 
Mm. And I think there's also something about needing to watch those things that make us uncomfortable at times. Yeah. And yeah. looking at it and going, actually, is this how the world society perceives clergy mm. at times? And, um, yeah, kind of putting a mirror up to ourselves and going, yeah, this is where we where we get stuff wrong and where we mess up and we need to acknowledge that and say, right, okay, I understand why people might see us like that. Therefore, mm. we need to yeah. either change or whatever it might be. So there was the episode, wasn't there, of Rev with the um, hip and trendy pastor oh who gosh, came yeah. in in his chinos and his, and his um, oh, that sh- the, the checkered shirt mm. and um, people who were from the more kind of, that mm. kind of, um, more like Charismatic, HTV, yeah. charismatic evangelical church. There were some people who got really yeah. offended at that, and there were other there were bits of it that I just found hilarious because I've kind of I've been in that mm. kind of circle and just said, yeah, that is the uniform that they wear, and um, <laughs> like they think oh, it's yeah. different from wearing a collar, but actually, yeah, you wear chinos and your checkered shirt and have a smoothie bar and a rapper come on stage because that's relevant to the kids. <laughs> yeah. You just that is, yeah. that is the episode um, I for sure found the hardest, like the saddest. Mm. Like I was, I was literally watching that, like, oh, this really because like, it felt like um, the more sort of like traditional, perhaps you know, putting it very broadly, side of the church going like look see what you've done this is exactly what we're talking about like where is your authentic genuine or like yeah worship instead you've brought in a a load of uplighters a disco and a smoothie bar (laughs) and you expect to that that was the episode I was like oh this is piercing because but actually it's like you say it it makes uh, comedy or humor a, a really great tool to think about mm. well how is you know is this true for my circumstance and in my parish mm. and like how does this play into my experience of how I connect with God um I mean obviously that's a piercing episode but the real the really good one but the really like oh one for me is the Easter you know when he meet doesn't he meet like Sean Bean on a on a mountaintop oh and he carries yeah, his cross so- through the streets oh like yeah I've I've not seen that full episode I've just seen that clip where he mm. encounters Sean Bean who's supposed to be like a, a Jesus a bit of a, figure, yeah he? he has a little bit of a vision at the top of his like a hill in the park and he's oh and that man, was really powerful yeah. gosh I'm nearly crying yeah. just thinking about it Mrs Weepy's oh, over here it's so good it's so good but yeah because <laughs> I think that's the thing when you see TV Vickers you're like oh my gosh somebody gets it they're telling my telling my story or like oh there's another because I think sometimes not to be like Mrs Violins but it is a really lonely job and you're, mm. you're not often with other clergy that you can be like, oh gosh, this happened today or like, you know, it's, it's a, it is an isolating experience at times, I think, to be in Christian leadership and ministry. Mm. And I have to say, it's yeah. almost empowering, isn't it, to see it replicated in a way that you're like, I totally get that. I get your journey or like, yeah, yeah. I can understand how you've yeah. got to that place. And I think that makes it really powerful. Yeah. On the topic of Sean Bean, he played that vicar, didn't he? A Catholic priest in what was the Broken. name of it? Broken. Oh, I, haven't I seen only that. got through one episode of that because there was so much of it that was just so true to life that it hurt. Mm. But it was also really good to be seen, yeah. <laughs> and actually, yeah. it was gritty and horrible. I would like to watch the rest of it, but actually, to watch that episode and go, yeah, this is the reality that we go through, mm. and at times you are dealing with really really broken people and that's such a privilege but it's it's blooming hard work and the emotional investment that you have in people it's it's really hard to detach from that Mm. and I don't think you should detach that fully but you also need to Mm. for your own sanity and well-being because if you just took on everyone's sadness all the time you'd yeah you'd just be a sad little Mm. being yeah that's why we I guess it's you never hold all these things in your own strength, mm. is it? That's like one of the promises we make. It's like, yeah, if you think mm. that being a vicar is because you're, you know, you're a really good listener or you know the right things to say, then it's like, nope, forget it. Um, but <laughs> thinking slightly about, although it is really good to be seen, again, and, you know, having humour and comedy mm-hmm. as a, like, and even just, yeah, I guess um, 
series where you can resonate. The TV vicar that came to my mind, which is more poking fun at vicars rather than watching and being like, oh yes, I feel seen because I do love that. But the one that comes to my mind is the classic Reverend Lovejoy from The Simpsons. That's, <laughs> oh really? Because yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, love joy. But then, but hilariously, then like alongside him, Ned, like mm. who's the actual Christian? Oh, the, Flanders. Yeah, Because there, it's like Vickers, very dull, very boring. Go to church to sleep. Well-meaning, yeah. but very dry. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's yeah, yeah, a bit more pokey, funny. Reverend Lovejoy is one of those Vickers who's just lost his passion for it. Yeah, and is mm. so cynical, and has just been ground into the ground by the Ned Flanders of the world <laughs> and other people. That yeah, um, I hadn't thought of Reverend Lovejoy. Oh, bless him! And the irony of his name. Yeah, <laughs> but then I think there's something about as we're talking about clergy being, I guess, used as a punchline, and I suppose there's something about because we are a group of office holders um where we have a role Mm. where we're seen to be a moral center for Mm. a community or we're seen to promote ourselves as the moral pillar of the community yeah um that leaves us open to being exposed for hypocrisy because actually Mm. it's incredibly difficult to truly be no, no one is perfect and so no. if you get very too caught up on trying to project an image of yourself that is perfect moral- morality and you never talk about on, on some days where you just really struggle to mm. believe and you but you just have to keep yeah. going or when you for the best will of the world just cannot live up to the standards of Jesus because no one can mm. um but no. I think it's been very easy for people to look at clergy, to look at the church, and look at actually a lot of the wrong that the church as an institution has done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And think, how can you, who claim to be someone who is moral, someone who cares about love and forgiveness and compassion and protecting the poor and the weak, mm. be part of an institution that has hurt the same people yeah. you're claiming to protect? Um, yeah. how can you be part of an institution that seems to hoard money instead of helping the poor mm. and one of the ways that people um, process that frustration, that anger is by wanting to expose that through humour um, yeah. and it, it makes us a target because I think in many ways we deserve to be as an institution, I think individuals it's different um, yeah. every single clergy person is different and has different ways of being a priest or a deacon or whatever your ministry is even bishop i am less offended by people using the institution as the butt of a joke than i am me kind of more specifically or specific people who i think particularly if you know someone who is being made the butt of a joke and you say well that's Mm. not the full picture but you can see why clergy do become um, a punchline. They're very silly stuff that we do as well. Yeah. Like mm. I can, I can understand why we're poke fun at like, like just things like the clothes we wear, yeah, and the robes. Like, of course that looks silly, and we look like Darth Vader with our capes. Why, why wouldn't you <laughs> poke kind of fun at that at times? Because it's, it's true and. And you know we do do silly things as well. And, and, and like and, um, in *Unbe Princess Bride* um, and the yes. priest there, Mawage, Mawage, Mawage is it what brings us here together? Oh, um, I love the Princess Bride. Uh, yeah, we were talking today. Um, I've just come back from this retreat, and we were talking over the dinner table about vicar voices yeah. and yeah. vicars who suddenly, uh, when it comes to to saying the words at Holy Communion their voice completely changes from what their normal accent is into the vicar voice. So they might talk like this and then suddenly go, the Lord be with you. <laughs> and and I don't think some of them realise it. And is there a point where it's too late to tell them? Yes. That, By the way, you've got a vicar <laughs> voice. <laughs> I remember in, when we were in college, because we had to do services like 
um, like to aid the worship for one another, but also to get like ranked and rated by our tutors. And I remember being so aware of like trying not to have too much of a heavy intonation, even in terms of, you know, how you not even like what you say necessarily, but how you say like, well, good, good morning, everybody. And a very warm welcome. Today, we're gathering together in the chapel. But do you know what I mean? But then yeah. also, you can't just be like, yeah. hi, everybody, welcome. We're here in the chapel. So it's like, you've got to, yeah. there's a fine balance, isn't there, between like presenting and also yeah. having this. I think I was accused of having a bit of an MS, Marks and Spencers, <laughs> oh, this yeah. is not just any sort of worship. This Where is, are you? Yeah, oh, this is, Jenny. This is uh, premium, ordinand worship. <laughs> you are welcome. But you become so self conscious of yourself mm. when you're in mm. that public space that yeah. you do um, do you ever have those almost out of body moments when you're like what on earth am I doing or when your brain just stops <laughs> all the time or your, your the time. brain just stops there's oh, been like yes, yes. And, and you're you're midway doing something and then your brain stops and you just oh my gosh you don't know what you're doing <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, I um, we live stream our services and to punish myself, no, not really, to learn, mm. sometimes I will watch back <laughs> the way I present or the way I give notices or the, the hardest mm. part of my Sunday is mm. when the children come back from their um, Sunday school club and they feed back about what they've been doing and I have to think on the spot about how to respond to the amazing and like mm. epic things that they say or the questions they ask and I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, well, um, because I love to write everything down because otherwise I just, I I can't tell where my brain will end up. Um, But yeah, like you say, sometimes just having a completely, like you say, okay, no brain at all and not having a clue what to say or just being like, um, (laughs) just, oh, everything falling out of your head. It's a nightmare. Sometimes I've had moments where I can't remember if I've done something or not. Uh-huh. it's not yeah. that i'm on autopilot it's just my brain will suddenly glitch and then i have to ask the congregation have i have i done did i did i <laughs> did i do the collect did i yeah <laughs> um, about so that. Just, just i don't know um but then yeah but then that self-consciousness i think does that's true in a lot of a lot of other roles i mean i was very briefly a kindergarten yeah. teacher and about three quarters of my way in my friends turned to me and said, "You know, you do a Minnie Mouse voice when you're when you're teaching." <laughs> no. Um, so I'll do an example. Good morning, children. <laughs> Super sing song, very yeah. um, engaging, I would say. Yeah, um, you've got to be. You've got to be though, in a way, haven't you? Completely developed this persona of this voice, which because I was teaching in Hong Kong, it wasn't really an English accent. It wasn't an American accent. It was this. <laughs> Yeah. It was a Mickey it Mouse a accent. Mini- <laughs> a Minnie Mouse accent. Um, Minnie Mouse accent, yeah. Um, so we talked about how we find it difficult sometimes to watch some clergy-centric comedy or TV shows. And obviously that's different for everyone else. But then there's also things like Monty Python's Life of Brian, which I think is quite divisive in the yeah. Christian community in terms of some people find it really funny and some people find it really difficult to watch as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on team funny for Life of Brian because it's what we're going to go on to in a moment. Actually, if you read some of the Bible stories, they are funny and there's bits that are really easy to kind of poke fun at because unless you understand fully the kind of context that the text has come from and who's written it and the intention and the audience Mm -hmm. and all this different kind of stuff that helps a passage to make sense and we've gone so wrong as a church so often because we've just read the words and gone bang Mm -hmm. it means this um there are bits that are look seem very silly um and so you know why on earth would you bring a baby gold frankincense and myrrh what a ridiculous set of gifts for a newborn and um (laughs) yes so they are so powerful once you know what the point is of them but we've got a book here that's called granny goes to bethlehem and uh it's the it's the nativity story but uh mary's mum turns up or granny and shoes out the wise men who've uh, or the magi who've come with these silly gifts, and she turns up with nappies <laughs> and helps look after the baby. And all this That's kind really of thing. good. She prepared meals. Yeah. A bit like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. But then I think that's the yeah. point of um, Life of Brian and things like that, is actually once you are away from the context, so Life of Brian is about someone who is not from Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> He's not from Messiah, but there are correlating circumstances which make some people think he is, because this was a time of expectation, or at least the context of the story as we have received it from the Gospels, is this was a time of expectation. So you can see how if someone has similar circumstances could be mistaken for the Messiah, but... Because he's not, a lot of the things that are happening are ridiculous. Because it lacks that context of the god yeah. spark making it, kind of giving <laughs> it that purpose. I'm now just thinking of clips in my head. <laughs> and it's making me giggle. Blessed are the cheesemakers. Oh, that's nice for them. Or the, the bit with the stoning, yeah. <laughs> where it's all the women in beards. Are there any women here? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone say giggle and be like, oh yeah, the bit with the stoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I did I have watched The Life of Brian once mm. a long time ago, and I remember like you say, some of the classic quotes, but I'm I think my homework from today is definitely gonna be rewatching that bad boy. Yeah. It's yeah. a good one. I might be deeply offended though. I might come on the podcast next time and be like, <laughs> I can't believe we chuckled about such things. Well and, and yeah. there are some people who actually it is a Again, it's that what touches your raw parts yeah. and it's too yeah. close to two things. Je- Jenny, you were saying um, earlier that when something is really special to you and really important to you, it does yeah. really hurt when you're seeing it made fun of or taken lightly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, definitely. Yeah. I feel really protective over Jesus on, <laughs> on films <laughs> or TV. <laughs> not that he needs little little old me to be like no but um yeah I do and I don't need to and it, I, yeah I, I I think um it's definitely something though that I need to watch because I need to make sure it comes from a place that's you know um I don't know like I think I think having a sense of humor is so important and I think it's something that I need to continually work on as well um and to be humble with but there are just some things to me I think that are so precious about the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus that I'm like actually no I don't I I can't I'm not gonna just go along with the giggles if that makes sense but I can't think of my in my head about what specifically but I think there are some times where I can imagine in my life being like oh yeah I understand what you're saying but I don't I don't see it that way and being a bit of a mood killer in a way if people are I don't know there's just some things that are just too precious but Mm. yeah maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, get more of a sense of humor with age but I might become more protective who knows lord only Mm. you know oh (laughs) so if we then look to the Bible, which is the the kind of the key text for Christianity, our, our holy sacred text, mm. if we look at that, is bits of it funny, or is it something that is just untouchable that we we need to hold reverentially and and not make fun of? Because mm. I guess this opens up the whole thing of there's a difference between things being funny in the context they're written in, things being mm. funny in the context of today, uh, the the style of writing that's funny, or, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, funny situations. Mm. There's so many different, yeah. all poking fun at. There's so many different kinds of funny, isn't there? And I think there might be space for all of that, to be honest. Mm. I think there are yeah. definitely, like, moments of, like, that are, that are called, like, yeah, that would encourage yeah. us to to giggle and laugh in the bible but also hilarious things as well that have been um you know like pointed out in scripture as well in the mm. kind of more modern times yeah yeah i'd say there's a combination of things happening with the bible as a library of books where you have different mm-hmm. genres and i think some of that is intentionally funny written to be funny either so that because it's produced in um an um oral tradition a spoken tradition that it had it by being funny it's easier to remember um or you have some which you just is funny now because of different contexts changing contexts or absurdity to the modern ear yes um, yeah. such <laughs> yeah. as there being unicorns in the bible 
like in one of the, there's Wait, unicorns in the psalm, there's a unicorn there's a psalm but has oh yes yeah a yeah particular translation in um book of common prayer of one of the psalms talks about being pursued by a congregation of naughty men which <laughs> is funny <laughs> or, or moab yeah. is my wash pot it's funny mm. it's just a funny thing yeah. to think about um uh, <laughs> or there's and things which are missed in translation um oh. But yeah. but then you also have things which I have to... There's parts of the Bible I have to laugh because if I don't laugh, it's horrifying. This is a collective yeah. group of writings by people with different perspectives and different experiences. And I think we're meant to engage in con- conversation. We're meant to take the Bible seriously mm. and therefore yeah. engage in conversation. And the bits I find the hardest of the Bible... like. People who say morning prayer with me will know that there are parts of Paul's letters which, yeah. if I'm if I'm allowed to read them or asked to read them, I will do what I call my Paul voice, which is like a Mr. Collins pomposity voice, um, because I cannot <laughs> get through the trauma of Paul oh, talking about women wow. yeah. um, without giving him a voice which is not my voice. Mm. And therefore, it becomes funny because that's how I'm processing the trauma I associate with those texts. Um, I wonder what um, our our friend for this triple and text of terror would think about that. Mm. But that's how I engage. Um, Not poking fun at, but Mm. needing to cause distance so that I can take a step back and then engage critically. Yeah. Because we use humour, don't we, so often as a kind of like self-deprecating humour, as a kind oh, of yeah. barrier mm-hmm. protection um, for for day-to-day life. And that's interesting mm-hmm. hearing you use that while reading those texts. Um, yeah. Because otherwise it's just a really down to the start of the day. You know, yeah. you know it'll ruin your whole day. Otherwise. <laughs> Great, you shouldn't be in your role. <laughs> Yeah, but um, um, but then there are parts of the Bible that are just funny, or they just make you giggle, because yeah. again, we read things into it because that's what we do in and and our culture. Mm. One of my favourite books of the Bible is the Book of Jonah, mm. and Jonah, if you have ever done a school play or uh, <laughs> done studied anything like with a children's bible you've probably got the story of jonah in there because it's got a big fish (laughs) that eats someone up and sicks them up on ground and we tend to stop at that point Mm. with it but i i did a sermon once where we went through the whole book of jonah because i think and other people have said as well that it's deliberately written to be Mm. funny and it's context Mm. at the time people would have found it hilarious and jonah is like a panto, mm. like the ridiculous things that happen. He gets eaten by a fish and yeah. thrown up. Like, that's gross and <laughs> hilarious at the same time. And the bit at the very end where he's he's done his... Um, so the story of Jonah, Jonah's called by God to go and speak to, like, the worst of the worst people. And Jonah's like, heck no, they're terrifying. I'm going the opposite direction. Gets on a boat. Boat travels out. Big storm comes up. People on the boat are like, flipping it. This is bad news. And Jonah's like, my bad, that's my fault. I'm running I away. I disobey God. I'm running away. And the people on the boat are like, what are you doing, you ridiculous man? It's your big God. You shouldn't have done that. And Jonah's like, yeah, no, my bad. Throw me overboard. And they're like, fine, okay. On your head be it. And if it's your God. And the storm stops once Jonah's chucked overboard. And the whale or a big fish comes and swallows him up, which is ridiculous. And it was deliberately written to be dic- ridiculous. And he goes to the shore, is thrown up, and there he is on the ground. He's like, fine, I'll go off to Nineveh. Off I go. And he proclaims, you know, change your ways, you bad people. And the people in the town are like, yeah, we've been bad. I get it. In fact, we've all been so bad. Let's all wear sackcloth and ashes, including the animals, all the creatures. Can you imagine a cat wearing sackcloth and ashes and being mournful and sheep and cows? It's stupid and ridiculous. And then... Um, God forgives the people and everything's fine. And then Jonah throws the biggest strop 
that he's like, I knew you'd do this. Really stupid. Why do I have to come here if you're going to do this? And then the plant grows up to shade, uh, shade him. And the worm eats the plant. And and then Joe's like, I haven't got my shade anymore. A stupid worm. And I'm really cross. And it is supposed to be like this panto of ridiculousness. Um, that was the quickest whistle stop that tour was, through that Jonah. That was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> we should and, do more of these, but by the way. We whistle stop Bible stories. So I think the one person who really kind of taught that to us that was Richard Briggs, um, our oh, Old Testament. God love that man, and at he does. Hall. And um, so, and he was just fantastic at pointing out the humour in the Bible mm-hmm. and things like when. Um, I I always remember him retelling the story of Jacob after his wedding night and waking up and <laughs> behold there and just the way um <laughs> he's told and the reason he can do that is because um he studies it on a linguistic level and he kind of picks that out yeah. and then yeah. translates it in a way that kind of exposes the humor of the situation but there's even yeah. things which even you know without us having to delve back into the linguistics are funny so i really think that the disciples are sometimes used as a comedic device in the Gospels. They're used to expose kind of humour and, you know, sometimes they just create, they're just depicted as such idiots. Um, (laughs) And then Jesus kind of being sassy back at them. Um, Guys! um, And using puns (laughs) as well. Like, and the... I will make you fishes of men, which he says to a fisherman, mm, is like yeah. a god tier level pun. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah Sorry, brilliant. can I just say that again? It's a god tier level pe- pun. Literally. Yeah. I'm so is. proud of that. Is it Because Jesus is God. <laughs> and it's God's pun. Therefore, god it's a god tier level, level pun. T as in T I E R. T I E R. I thought it was also T E A R because you were crying with laughter so much. (laughs) (laughs) You two do not appreciate my sense of humour. You're working with low level. (sighs) Sorry, I'm so excited about that. God tier level. Yeah, very nice. Mm. Well done. Well done. Um, yeah, what about you, Jenny? Have you can you think of any particularly funny Bible stories well, that you enjoy? Nothing really comes to mind. The only thing I do remember being um a younger Christian and giggling about is um Song of Songs or Song of Solomon and thinking of hilarious chat up lines <laughs> that we could use from the two lovers that are exchanged. I think we yeah. might have talked about this before about you know, necks like ivory towers or sh- or teeth that are like sheep just come up from the wash. That's hilarious mm. gold. Um, the only other thing that did come into my mind is not, it's not, um, I guess, a funny Bible story, quite traumatic in a way, but it was retold in a funny way. Like you were saying, the power of our teachers and tutors to kind of retell the Bible, uh, you know, and bring out their knowledge to make it funny is just amazing. And I do remember this um, sketch. I think it was Billy Connolly. And he looks again at the creation narrative and he retells the story of, you know, the fall of humanity, Adam and Eve eating of the fruit uh, after being deceived by the serpent. And he retells it and says, you know, God comes back into the garden and he's like, what have you done? And he's like, oh, all the trees, I told you not to eat just of this one tree and not its fruit. And now you're going to have to live with the consequences. So for man, as you may remember, he says, right, you'll have to toil the ground. Your work will be hard. You know, the fruit won't always bear easily for you. You're going to have a hard life. And man's like, oh, no. And then he says to the woman, for you, you're going to have pain and childbearing. And, you know, you'll want the man to rule over you. And she's like, oh, no. I mean, those are pretty intense things. And then he makes this really big point out of saying to the serpent, and for you you will crawl on your belly all the days of your life. But he does it in such a hilarious way, because obviously we think of serpents <laughs> as snakes that don't have legs anyway. So he's being yeah. like, you, you, and he's like, no, God, don't do this, no. Is it like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but his situation is already that anyway. Um, yeah. So I think he, he puts a really funny spin on that story for me, which I can't get out of my head of. Uh, I can't get out of my head. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, nothing, I think, yeah, the Song of Songs has is, is got lots of funny bits in for me as well. But yeah, I think it's sometimes it's people's retelling of the the gospel mm. or, or of the 
Old Testament stories as well. It can be so funny. And I think oh, actually yeah. that's the storyteller tradition mm. of the Bible, of yeah. which is where these stories are passed down and every storyteller puts their own little spin on it. And yeah, in yeah. that way, you rediscover something mm. about the story because it makes you have a new perspective or it, fo- it forces you to look at it from a new perspective. Um, mm. And by being able to laugh, I think that just makes it a little bit of an easier experience sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah. Because when if you're able to laugh at yourself um things often go better for yourself if you yeah. can look at yourself yeah. and think oh i'm being really super serious there oh what am i like um yeah and in the same way sometimes being able to laugh not necessarily at but with different perspectives on mm. the things that we treasure yeah. and the things that we believe and you have someone who just takes you it gives you that out of body moment saying this is funny isn't it you mm, clergy yeah. doing your weird dances and weird arm movements <laughs> around the table and yeah. with your weird voices wearing these weird clothes and doing strange and silly, and silly things and talking about big fish eating prophets and, <laughs> um, and pe- men walking on water and, and you know, yeah. it... it I don't know, there's just something which for me just adds to my love of these stories, of, of this faith yeah. and of what I do. Oh yeah. yeah, so true. When you're saying that, I'm like, I'm smiling to myself going, yeah, and think of my amazing God that's behind all of that. Mm. Like, mm. see what I do with my arms and my funny clothes uh, because it's it's so important to how we worship and honour mm. and like the traditions that have been handed down, you know, generations to generations of how we show who and how God is. And I'm sat here going, yeah, look, like you say about, um, yeah, the comedy of Jonah and um and things like that and it's like yeah but look at the amazing god that that points to and i'm like sitting here going yeah but i'm not allowed to say the a or the h word because we're in lent Uh, oh yeah Mm, Um, mm. and i I think (laughs) it's a running joke isn't it about god having a sense of humor Mm. when he made me and all this Mm. kind of stuff and and that's how we kind of sort our problems but god definitely has a sense of humor for sure think of all the joy and laughter and wonder that we have in the world and look at the duck-billed platypus (laughs) that is a ridiculous creature and just brings so much joy from from creation and and uh, i can't if if god is super serious all the time and intense and and then I'm not on board with that because actually Jesus I read about in the Bible has banter with his mates. Just think of the the raucous laughter that must have come with the disciples Mm. when they're walking around on their journey and the teasing that must have gone Mm. on. And and, uh, yeah, there's so much of that that must have happened. Reverend Ruthie denounces faith unless God has banter. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. I have... I mean, I'll, I'll sometimes talk about the tricks to God and how I actually have at least... I think that's exp- Loki. Yeah, well, yeah, but I have an experience <laughs> of our God as a trickster as well and how mm. there is a God who plays jokes on us and who, at least my experience, I, my relationship with God, yeah. sometimes I feel like God deliberately points out my hilarity, like the hilarity mm. in my life or my pomposity yeah. or whatever to make me laugh at myself mm. and will create yeah. situations in my life where I can only step back and say, oh my goodness, what have I been doing? Um, and yeah. that's not... I think that brings us back to when I'm, we're talking about pranks and the difference between bullying and kind of pranking with a loving heart. And I feel mm. like God doesn't prank. <laughs> it's not It's not bullying. But I do think mm. there is yeah. a relationship where God teases us and God... You know, because God loves us, mm. God wants yeah. to share that relationship with us, and to yeah. and we're made in God's image. Like, if we have a sense of humor, why wouldn't God oh, have a yeah. sense of humor? Yeah, I, I think lots of people talk about Christians believing in a God who this kind of old man in the sky, 
with, with a beard and this idea that God is really stern and judgmental and for you know for some people actually that is their experience of God but yeah that's not the full picture for everyone yeah mm, no indeed I think yeah I think it's that whole thing of actually what at the root of it what is humor what is comedy mm. and I think of actually that that really like satisfying belly laugh but like that deep joy and we mm. see yeah. the joy we see joy throughout the bible yeah. like everywhere yeah. everywhere everywhere yeah. and it might not be in jokes or like mm. um you know always comedy as we think of it but mm. there is deep 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 joy and whenever someone discovers who Jesus is and it changes mm. their life or I'm thinking when Mary and Elizabeth when Mary first discovers she's pregnant mm. she goes to see her cousin who's also miraculously pregnant and this beautiful scene of two women like just like almost I, I have this image of um, almost like crying with joy you know as they embrace each yeah. other and the, and the babies in their womb leap do you know what I mean like whenever there's or like when it's like I'm looking at the um parable at the moment of uh, the kingdom of heaven is like um, one of the things is finding you know treasure buried in a field and, and the man with great joy sells everything he has uh, so to have this field and to find the treasure and it's like that's what it's like when we yeah find yeah find our I don't know our a deeper sense of faith our fulfillment when we live in the kingdom of heaven when we strive for that uh, yeah that joy is everywhere mm-hmm. and at the yeah at the root of it that's what I guess we're thinking about isn't it when we think about comedy and humour and yeah, laughing our heads off. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Vicar's Watch Dibley. Thank you to Toby for editing our ramblings. Any views expressed in this podcast are our own and don't necessarily represent those of the Church of England or any other organisations with which we are affiliated. And as always, bless you for listening. I wanted to take you back to primary school with the joke. Why was the beach wet? Why, Jenny? Why was the beach wet? Because the seaweed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jenny. (laughs) Don't admit you. Are all your jokes going to be toilet humour? Yes, they are.